Yeah, so it's recording and you can introduce yourself. Okay, uh, so basically I'm Raghid Jiraidini. I'm a member of the political bureau of the Lebanese Communist Party, uh, basically uh, working on the media platforms and basically responsible of media for the, for the Communist Party of Lebanon. Thanks so much. And, and just to begin, I'm curious if you can tell like a little bit of the history of the, the Communist Party, how it got started, um, and then a little bit more about the structure, the ideology, just to like give more of a, a context to the party itself. Sure. So uh, basically, the party was uh, established in 1924 uh, by um, a group of uh, people from uh, different places in Lebanon who uh, were basically workers or uh, union uh, leaders, basically in some places, uh, alongside uh, some, um, some uh, basically political activists uh, who came to Lebanon following the Armenian genocide. Uh, so some Armenian communists, basically, who, uh, who were refugees back then in Lebanon and then uh, became uh, um, part of uh, our society, basically. Uh, so, um, so in 1924, basically, they decided to establish a party called uh, the Party of the People, back then, if that's a correct translation. But uh, a few years later, in the first party congress, basically, they decided to adopt the name the Lebanese Communist Party, um, definitely influenced by uh, the, the, up the uprising of basically communist movements uh, all around the world uh, following the October Revolution and, uh, and what came uh, with it. Uh, in terms of political activism around the world. Um, at, uh, and basically, uh, the party has been ongoing ever since. Uh, there, were, there were some periods of time where the party was officially banned in Lebanon. Uh, that uh, part of it was uh, when the French basically mandate uh, was happening in Lebanon. Uh, at, at certain periods of it, uh, they've banned the party and then uh, the party was actually back to its public uh, way of uh, of being, if uh, that's the correct way of stating it in English, uh, in the in the 60s, uh, in the 1960s. And after that, uh, we've been participating in uh, most uh, of the political life in the country. Uh, the party has never been in any kind of government in Lebanon, even though we've run in a few elections, but never succeeded to win any seats. Uh, and that's due basically to the um, to the sectarian system that we have in in Lebanon. So basically, most represent representatives of political groups are represented based on their sects and religions, and uh, that we do have an ideological problem with first. And uh, and uh, practically, it makes it kind of impossible for non-sectarian people to be able to uh, to effectively run and represent uh, the political groups uh, or the political. Uh, I, I, so basically, the, the people who within this who, who, who are communists and uh, leftists and non-sectarian in the country cannot really be represented within the system. Uh, so basically, um, for example, the, the, our party is spread all around Lebanon from, from, its, uh, from its borders occupied Palestine to the borders of Syria and the north. Uh, and is represented in nearly every village or major city in, in the country. But the way that the elections work in Lebanon is that you will have to be running for a specific seat, for a specific sect within a specific area. So basically, it's usually the, the majority of this uh, sect who 
who gets to elect the, 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 the representative for the seat. So that makes it kind of uh, very difficult for non-sectarian people to be able to enter the parliament, basically, in Lebanon. So we've ha we haven't uh, participated in any uh, government uh, since the establishment of the party. Um, and we are actually running for elections uh, uh, next month. Basically, in May, we do have the general elections in Lebanon. And we are running uh, with a few candidates who are party members and, and a bigger list uh, of candidates who are actually not members but friends of the party or the party wants to support their candidacy in uh, some uh, form uh, during these elections. And uh, basically, we are trying to enter the parliament, but that, that's not the main objective of campaigning for elections. It's mostly to, uh, to be able to basically spread the, some of the ideas we believe are the way out of the crisis we are in in Lebanon now, uh, which is basically a very deep crisis uh, that, uh, that we, are, uh, we are passing through right now. And we didn't hit the bottom yet, but uh, we are cert certainly heading this way. Uh, and uh, that's it, basically, to answer your question. I don't know if I took too long. But... No, no, that was perfect. And, and that, I think you segued immediately into what I'm I'm curious, and I know a lot of people are very curious about which which is the crisis and what's going on. And I wonder if you can first kind of begin by, uh, it's hard to maybe explain the whole thing in just a short answer, but for anyone who who is unfamiliar about, you know, what's been happening in Lebanon, kind of a brief explanation of the crisis, the historical roots of it as well in, in the legacy of the civil war in Lebanon. And then we can kind of talk more about recent events, especially in the past, couple of weeks in the last month uh, with bankruptcy and everything um, and how the party is responding to it. Sure. So uh, basically, um, the Lebanese system is built around, uh, around a fake idea, which is that we are the Switzerland of the Middle East. The Beirut is Paris of the East. And I don't know, like these uh, random, uh, uh, random statements who actually come from the fact that we do have banking secrecy in the country which is basically used as a tax haven and a way of, uh, of attracting foreign investments. So the economical uh, background of the country is just that. And uh, during the years, uh, way before the Civil War, even after the Ottoman Empire fell, uh, basically there was a period of uh, famine in Lebanon that uh, destroyed most of our agricultural uh, system and um, and following that, uh, when when the French mandate happened over Lebanon, uh, they also uh, didn't really invest in what is industries and farming and agriculture and all that. Uh, they went straight to basically big city corporations and uh, and this way of capitalistic government that is not linked to production itself. It's mostly linked to uh, to the idea of a banking sector, insurance sector, the service sector in general, which really thrives actually in, in, in the country and was the backbone of its economy. But that's, that proved to be uh, a very fatal uh, decision uh, since it led us basically to... Uh, to uh, to be to, to being a country that imports most of it what what it consumes basically so our import versus export uh, ratio if that's the word is 80 to 20 percent so we uh, we 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 export ju just a tiny bit uh, of goods and we import a huge amount of what we consume as as uh, as a society and uh, there is also the, the basically 
uh, we do consume a lot as a society, and that's also some kind of an issue, but let's not blame the people for that. Um, basically, so that system led us to bankruptcy. The banks uh, entered a Ponzi scheme, basically, that you, you, we cannot actually find another term for it in a way that they've attracted, the, they, they've asked, asked people, or basically they, uh, they told people that if you put your money in the banks, you will get a very high interest rate, which was five or six times higher than the, 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 the general uh, rates that you usually see around the world. Uh, and the people did trust that banking sector since it was the backbone of the economy since the 60s, and they did put their money in it. Uh, and uh, in a way, basically, in a deal, or not uh, in a secret deal, kind of, between the, the banks, the central bank, and the Lebanese governments that, uh, that came throughout these years, uh, they've managed to uh, take loans. The, the government was taking loans from the banks through the central bank, which basically ended up being the people's money by and covering these export versus import uh, ratios bled all the all the money from the banks and at a certain point in october 2019 and uh, a few months before it started to show that it's gonna happen uh, the central uh, and also another complication of this issue is that in lebanon we do we had basically pegged our lira currency our national currency which is the lebanese lira to the us dollars uh, since the 90s basically and that pegging also cost the the central bank quite a lot of money and um, and by by uh, by doing that there was a loss basically by covering the the difference in between the real market uh, rate and the official rate that the lira is pegged uh, to the dollar to uh, there was a deficit doing that that so basically we've also lost a ton of uh, resources as a country for uh, that specific financial decision uh, and people are allowed to put in banks both in Lebanese liras or in dollars so you can have an account in US dollars and an account in Lebanese lira and most people used not most people but a lot of people did use uh, the US dollar as a safer uh, option than the Lebanese lira since the lira was uh, tormented by the war and uh, its uh, value decreased during the uh, civil war uh, period in between 75 and 90. Uh, so the trust in US dollar was um, a bit uh, more established amongst the people who want to invest in banks. And uh, so a lot of people did invest in US dollars and put their uh, US dollars in the banks. And suddenly the banks decided to stop uh, giving people their dollars back. They said, we don't have it anymore. Uh, you're not going to get your dollars, but this didn't happen in a way that is organized by the government or actually influenced by the government. It was left to the banks to decide the fate of the people who, who had their money in it. And uh, after that, there were also some limitations on Lebanese lira withdrawals. And uh, that's basically where we are now. You have, um, you have a set, uh, a fixed amount uh, of uh, dollars that you can uh, withdraw from the bank uh, every month as, uh, as, as someone who has money in a bank, uh, in both in dollars or in Lebanese. In dollars, it's practically nothing. Like you can get uh, what, what will be basically, uh, I don't know, 20 or $50 max, depending on the, the, the number of uh, dollars you have in your account. So basically the, the amount of money you have in your account. Uh, and that also led the central bank to, uh, to basically create uh, unofficial rates that we do have quite a few now. Like there's a, 
there is a rate that is the black market rate, which is when you go to the street and try to exchange dollars for Lebanese liras or uh, vice versa, uh, you'll get the, today it's approximately 25,000 liras for one US dollar. Before the crisis, it was 1,500 liras for one US dollar. So that's like more than approximately 20 times the, the rate it was. Uh, and the central bank has a lollar rate, which is a ridiculous term, but it's specific to Lebanon now, which is the Lebanese dollars, basically, which is as if it's a currency, but it's not. It's just a rate that the central bank has fixed that is saying that I'll give you your dollars back based on an 8,000 liras per dollar rate, which is three times lower than the, than the black market rate. And there's also something that the, the, the central bank created, which is something called uh, in Arabic minasa or platform, but it's not like actually the, the, the direct translation would be platform, but it's, it's basically another rate that it set for certain uh, importers of good, like, uh, like uh, fuel, uh, oil, uh, wheat, like basically some a list of necessary items for the economy that the central bank uh, said that I will uh, I will basically subsidize these but uh, in, uh, instead of uh, of using the previous rate of 1500 liras for dollar the pag basically the official rate we'll use this rate that changes weekly depending on the black market rate in a way that it's slightly lower than it so uh, that's how basically the, the crisis has been being dealt with. I know it's a bit chaotic and I won't be able to explain it in a, in a, in a few minutes, but uh, there are plenty of resources online. If, you, um, if you'd like to mention them, I can send you links about uh, detailed uh, explanations of it. Uh, but basically that's, um, that's what's been going uh, in terms of financial and uh, economical situation. Socially, there's uh, there's a crisis happening because people uh, people still are, their salaries are still unchanged. So uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, my mother, for example, which she is a, a teacher in a public school, her salary before the crisis was uh, equivalent to uh, let's say a thousand eight hundred dollars or something. Uh, her monthly salary now it's worth uh, approximately two hundred dollars, and everything uh, and everything is uh, yeah, the prices of everything have risen in a way uh, that doesn't uh, reflect the, the the purchasing power of the people. Basically, they're just following the dollars since we import everything, so everything is is uh, bought in foreign currencies, either in dollar or in euro or or uh, the, any other currency that we export uh, using that. We import, sorry. Uh, so basically, we're importing everything and paying it, paying for it in fresh dollars. What we call fresh dollars in, in Lebanon now is basically dollars that are actually dollars, not Lebanese dollars or in banks. So, uh, so we're paying in fresh dollars for stuff, and we are getting paid in Lebanese lira in a, uh, in, in the same uh, salaries that were before the crisis. Uh, so that's the case for most people in Lebanon, except for just a, a, a tiny proportion of the society that works uh, with in international organizations or, or, uh, or who work from Lebanon for companies outside or, some, or stuff like that, who are actually getting paid in dollars. And these people have seen like a huge rise in their um, purchasing power now. Uh, but that, that's just a tiny proportion of the society. We can't generalize that. 
So most people are uh, living basically in very bad circumstances. They can't afford schooling anymore. And also a lot of private universities are uh, are now dollarizing. And that's also a term we are using their, uh, their tuition fees. So basically, instead of paying in Lebanese lira, they want you to pay in fresh dollars, which uh, is kind of catastrophic because none of the students nor their parents can afford that. Uh, that, uh, that alongside uh, in the educational sector also, the, the, the government didn't invest uh, in public schools nor in the public university uh, in Lebanon that has, uh, that has had a very good academic record and uh, very good uh, teachers and students who excel wherever they go. Uh, but the country decided to, uh, the government of the country basically decided to uh, not to invest in these two institutions that are very important uh, to the country. Um, and uh, the, uh, so basically students are left uh, to be in private uh, schools and universities that are mostly run by the political elite, the corrupt political elite of the country uh, or by religious institutions who are not very far from being also corrupt political elite in Lebanon. Uh, so uh, most of these uh, private institutions are run by, um, by people who do not place the interest of uh, the people or the society first, uh, basically. Uh, so, so most students are left to their fate. We've seen a decrease in the number of students uh, yearly since 2019. Uh, that uh, actually shows that most of the, of the youth of the country now is either leaving the country if it has the means to, or uh, basically just dropping school and uh, working in whatever they can so they can provide for their families. Uh, and that's a situation that's gonna uh, have a long-term uh, impact on the, on the country and, and also on its economy, since uh, these people should be basically the backbone of the economy. Uh, if we wanna build actually something new because our economical system did collapse. So we need to, uh, to basically uh, be uh, working towards building a new economy and that should rely on, um, on the fresh graduates, uh, basically, especially from the Lebanese university that is uh, now struggling to, uh, to, to even do exams. So they don't have even money to print papers to do exams. That, that's, the, that's how bad the situation is. The, the most classrooms are not lit, are not, uh, uh, there's no air conditioning in them, uh, there's no heating, uh, there is no fuel to run the generators. And uh, especially that we don't have 24 seven electricity in Lebanon, we barely have two or three hours of uh, electrical coverage now. So most people do rely on private generators, uh, which is a mafia on its own. That also is uh, leaving a very big burden on uh, the economical situation of families in Lebanon, uh, since it's also following the increase in fuel prices and uh, there is no, there is no basically there are some official regulations for it but it, they're not really enforced and uh, most private generator owners uh, do uh, do what they please basically so they don't they do not follow the regulations and no one is actually actively enforcing uh, them so uh, that's a bit of a brief about the economic situation of the country about as i said i i didn't cover all of its aspects since it's a huge topic that needs uh, hours and hours of explanation basically yeah, and, and with that, and I think you, you did a great job of kind of giving a brief overview of it. I think a lot of uh, Americans and a lot of people in the West, for the first time, we're hearing about the crisis after the uh, port explosion in 2020 uh, in Beirut. 
that was the first time that it was on their TV. So first time they're paying attention. And that is, I think, one example of the impacts of this crisis, as you're saying, they're very theoretical and they are kind of in the abstract economic terms, but they have very significant impacts, whether it's this explosion or medicine being unaffordable, food being unaffordable. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about, about you were, you were mentioning sort of the social impacts that it's led to. It's also led to widespread protesting and the collapse of multiple governments. So kind of more of the political and, and social ramifications of this. And then I'm curious about, you know, this crisis to me, as you're describing it, and I think to many people, it's, it's clearly a, a, a fault of the, of the collapse of capitalism and, and the continuation of imperialism in, in Lebanon. So it, it's a crisis purely of, of capitalist origin. But I wonder also how you perceive now in, the, in very recently the declaration of bankruptcy, as well as the fact that when these crises occur in the world, the typical solution, of course, is, and we're already seeing it, the IMF swooping in and proposing sort of a restructuring of the country uh, to further destabilize and, and destroy the country. Um, so yeah, the, all these kind of social ramifications and how the IMF kind of coming in will will quite obviously make it much, much worse. Yeah, okay. So basically, uh, you've mentioned the, the Beirut port explosion. Let me just mention that first, because uh, I actually missed it when I was doing the chronological, basically, uh, listing, basically, the events chronologically. Uh, the 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 explosion was a dev devastating uh, thing that happened in the midst of the collapse. Basically, we were in the middle of an economical collapse, and already the 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 hospital uh, the hospitals basically were running were running out of uh, some medicine, some medical equipment. Basically, with the COVID pandemic, also uh, we've had the problem as a country dealing with the oxygen tanks. Uh, we didn't have enough of them. Uh, we didn't have money to uh, to import uh, uh, basic needs for to deal with the with the COVID pandemic, basically. And uh, in the middle of all that, uh, a, a huge explosion happened in the port of Beirut that is basically due to uh, to uh, to our corrupt system. If if not, yani, if it if we can still call it just corrupt because it became criminal in, 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 in a very broad uh, sense, since it managed to destroy basically half of the capital uh, by storing a huge amount of explosives in, um, in, a, in a place where they shouldn't be and in a way that uh, it should have been uh, dealt with years ago. Uh, they've been there for years, basically. Uh, I'm not going to go into the technicalities of it uh, since it's already been uh, been out there in the media and everything. You 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 definitely know some stuff about that. But um, but what happened with this uh, after this explosion is that it also destroyed uh, a lot of the the hospitals in the capital city. So uh, and with the huge amount of people injured and uh, and uh, the huge amount of people who died uh, after. Uh, in this uh, explosion, basically, they were really overwhelmed uh, in a way that uh, it actually in made it worse for the medical sector in the country. And it also psychologically really affected the people of, uh, of Lebanon, basically, this, uh, 
this insane amount of corruption and this criminal uh, behavior of our government that led to, to the destruction of the port of Beirut, uh, basically, and of uh, most of uh, its uh, city center and uh, the basically all the souks and all the, the marketplaces basically in, in, in the capital were destroyed. Uh, and uh, most of the people in Lebanon being a centralized kind of uh, country work in the capital and uh, e either their houses or their offices, their business places, their stores, whatever, they were all uh, basically damaged or destroyed. Um, so uh, that, really, uh, that really pushed a lot of people to leave the country. Uh, as simple as that, like it was the the end uh, the end point for them. Like uh, we've been in the streets since October 2019, and uh, definitely uh, definitely there were an unprecedented uprising in Lebanon following uh, the um, following basically what the banks started to uh, declare in October 2019 when they said that we won't be able to uh, take our dollars from the banks anymore. Uh, and also by, uh, following some statements by the government back then that uh, was dealing with that issue by raising taxes on WhatsApp and on stuff that basically uh, will affect uh, the mass majority of the population instead of dealing with the, with the actual issue, which was that there's a bunch of political uh, elite, basically, political and economical elite in the country who are stealing all our resources, basically. That's the stealing. And when we say stealing in Lebanon or we talk about corruption, it's not just like these random little things like uh, you'd pay a bribe for someone to, uh, to do you a document. It's basically a whole Ponzi scheme uh, concerning all the citizens of the country and all their bank deposits. So it's basically... Uh, uh, a major action. It's not just uh, some. Cor yeah, the corrupt system is is legalizing its corruption. Uh, was legalizing its corruption all throughout the 90s in some forms by basically stealing the pe people's resources. Uh, and uh, sorry, uh, what was the the remaining of the question? Because I actually forgot it. Yeah, I'm curious about you know thinking about the crisis as you're saying and and. The, the criminal nature of it, in addition to, so all, all the ramifications it's had socially, like this explosion and leading to protests, leading to people leaving the country. And now more recently, the declaration of bankruptcy. Um, what I'm interested in is how the, you already see like the IMF and the World Bank and kind of the yeah, yeah. institutions of American imperialism moving in. Yeah, sure. So basically, first, let me just comment on the bankruptcy declarement, which is actually not something that can be official because you know, a government doesn't just take a declare uh, bankruptcy uh, in a, in a non-official statement basically so what happened is that the the vice uh, or the port parole basically of the lebanese government uh, said it uh, in a way that the, the the lebanese government is bankrupt but that's something that every lebanese uh, person knows since 2019 it's not uh, it's not a breaking news uh, if you know what i mean it's uh, we, we do know that the system is bankrupt it, it it's lacking we're lacking goods we can't import what we used to import we can't uh, withdraw our money from the banks uh, the salaries are not uh, are not uh, basically improving even though uh, the 
the va the, the value of everything uh, is you know, the value of everything we own is decreasing and the salaries are not uh, increasing so basically that's the definition of a bankrupt system so the the lebanese government is bankrupt and that's uh, that's something that doesn't need to be declared officially for it to be true it uh, it is true and um, as for the involvement of the imf and this and the world bank basically in lebanon and uh, all of the basically imperialist means of uh, of uh, interfering with economies if that's also the correct term uh, so basically uh, we've been uh, victims of imf uh, policies since the 90s in lebanon and uh, our, our governments basically always decided to rely on uh, foreign aids or foreign loans to uh, to be able to cover the deficit in uh, in the financial uh, system uh, also by creating some kind of private loans for the country like paris one paris two paris three and cedar and i don't know uh, other also other names that they gave to the same thing which is like please give us some money so we can maintain our economy and all this money is going to waste basically because we are not fixing any of the problems we're just uh, we're just covering a deficit uh, so that's what's been happening with uh, with these and now definitely the political uh, ruling class basically also is asking the IMF for help the IMF last week or 10 days ago basically issued a statement saying that they've reached some kind of a deal with the Lebanese government um and they're gonna basically start this plan by uh, by uh, giving the country three billion dollars which would uh, which would actually solve nothing at all because we've been spending we've as the central bank of lebanon has been spending um, a, a lot more than that monthly to cover just the difference in between the 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 rates basically the exchange rates of the lebanese dollars to the lira so um, so the tiny amount that they're proposing won't solve anything it's just basically uh, a way of saying that uh, we are interested in uh, doing in negotiating with the lebanese government now uh, as it promised them somehow that it's gonna do major changes and uh, fight corruption and all these basically nonsense uh, statements that they can say whenever they need money and they actually won't do anything about that and uh, to basically the, the the imf and the world bank do know that since the very start since the since 1998 where where basically the lebanese uh, government decided to borrow money in foreign currencies so basically from outside the lebanese banking sector uh, everyone knew every everyone i mean like the central bank and the the the, the world bank the imf the foreign banks who had uh, branches or uh, affiliations with Lebanese banks, they all knew that the system is going towards, is, is only going towards bankruptcy. And we can see that clearly by most of uh, foreign banks uh, withdrawing their investments in Lebanese banks in the late 90s. Uh, that was a clear sign that they knew that the, that the banking system is, is going to collapse and the economy is going to collapse. So, uh, so the IMF didn't do shit about it. Sorry, uh, didn't do anything about it that could be edited. Uh, they just uh, they just uh, continued uh, giving money to a system that they know is gonna collapse, uh, and their only agenda was to preserve the political uh, class that is ruling the country. They needed to be uh, 
they needed to be in that position so they can uh, deal with uh, all sorts of uh, economical interference and uh, using this Lebanese uh, banking system that uh, that basically promotes uh, a neoliberal agenda and uh, promotes uh, secrecy, uh, banking secrecy, and uh, all these things that are of a huge interest interest for uh, international uh, capitals, basically, to uh, to put their money in this country. But by doing that, uh, we are only we were only prolo- prolonging uh, the 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 period before collapse, basically. But eventually, we were gonna collapse since we don't have a real economy. The, to uh, and the IMF is not clearly is clearly not interested in building a clear economy. That's not where the where, what they ask for when they ask a country about uh, about its plan to go out of uh, the crisis, basically to solve the crisis. Uh, there's a clear difference between what we see as a party or basically also as uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, opposition groups in Lebanon, basically, uh, there's a clear difference between what we think is the way out of the, of, of the crisis and what the IMF thinks is the way out of the crisis, which will only reestablish the rule of this political elite, basically. Absolutely. And, and I actually have been reading a little bit of the program proposed by the political bureau uh, in you know, countering the IMF or like Western-backed program um, so I'm curious if you can tell me more about the Communist Party's like theorization of a solution to this crisis and economic and social transformation um, and the transitional phase, as you call it, to escape the crisis, um, changing the foundations of the secular state, corruption, monetary and financial issues, like all of these different proposals that the LCP has offered. All right. So there are two aspects to uh, or, or basically two lines for the answer of this question, basically, there's uh, there's a there's a political uh, political I mean institutional uh, aspect to it, and there's also an economical and financial aspect to it. So um, the Lebanese system, uh, being sectarian uh, and uh, being basically just about preserving the rule of some sectarian sects and groups of people in the in the country will not be able to build a system that can defy corruption or fight against it. So that uh, fighting sectarianism in the country is one of the most important things in order to be able to build a system that actually works, that, uh, that w- where you can actually implement anti-corruption laws and, uh, and deal with uh, the unnecessary... Uh, basically uh, the unnecessary staff that is working just to fill some positions because for example when 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 you want to when you want to work for a public uh, for a public institution like a school or something for example we, we, you'll need to or not not schools but maybe ministries and stuff like that uh, in any public uh, company in the in Lebanon basically they need to uh, to 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 take employees from all the sects in an equal way. So basically, it's even that is not dealt with based on um, on your skills. It's only it's it's only based on basically what religious group you uh, 
you belong to and if they need to have uh, employees from that sect to cover a gap or something like that that's that's basically how we deal with this kind of situations and that also um, is the same for all aspects of the governance of the country so basically getting rid of the sectarian system is an is a very important uh, thing in establishing a country that actually works or a system that actually can perform and work uh, other than that um there's there's also a, a lot of reforms that needs to happen or basically uh, some major changes in, in in the way the 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 country is governed in terms of the electoral system in terms of um, of the of dealing with the civic affairs if uh, that's also the correct term in english uh, so basically uh, the way uh, the, the way the way we uh, we function as a society is that we do not have civil marriage we do not have um, civil uh, judiciary system uh, to uh, to solve uh, familial problems and all that are also related to religious institutions so basically when you want to marry if you're basically a muslim or a, Sh- a shia muslim you'll go to the to the shia muslim institution and get married there and your papers will be signed according to the sharia law uh, if you're a christian a maronite you'll go to the maronite uh, christian church and uh, etc 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 so basically and all of the divorce um, your kids will be registered based on that sect and all of these social issues also have to be dealt with in order for us to 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 transform the country from basically uh, some uh, form of tribal governance uh, if that's uh, an adequate term uh, to uh, a modern uh, state basically that uh, that actually uh, functions based on um, based on uh, your nationality and that's it you don't have to include also a religious affiliation uh, next to it uh, for me to know where, where where you are registered for example uh, that's from the social perspective we we also need to uh, to really work on that as a country but uh, in, uh, in the economical aspect of this uh, answer there's also uh, basically huge reforms that needs to be done uh, on the taxation system in the country uh, we do not have uh, a lot of industries are uh, don't have basically uh, uh, high ta- ta- high taxes on uh, profit and some of them don't even have uh, taxes on profit so for example if you sell a house in lebanon no one takes uh, a penny out of your uh, profit and that has been uh, a way that the lebanese real estate uh, sector has been uh, sucking the life out of the people basically uh, you using that and uh, making huge amount of uh, profit that uh, will not fund the government in any forms um, we also need to increase taxes on uh, higher salaries and establish uh, uh, i don't know the term in english but basically is a system based on steps uh, if that's the correct translation in uh, sort of like a progressive taxation so, yeah, exactly, system exactly exactly yeah. that's it uh, we we also need to implement a progressive taxation system uh, so it uh, re- so the taxes reflects your salary and uh, they're not just tech fixed uh, by sector or by uh, place of work um, and there are also uh, an aspect for that is to try and deal with all the money that's been stolen from the country either by the banks by making a huge amount of profits by uh, w- from the interest rates that they used to lend money to the government to um, or by also uh, 
pursuing the criminal record of all the corrupt people who have been in the government, uh, basically, and uh, that had uh, stole, uh, stolen a, a huge amount of money also. So there are this aspect as well. And we also need to be working on, um, on building an economy, like moving towards an economy but that, that has some industries, that has some services that it can export by, um, so, so we don't uh, rely only on foreign aids and the IMF and the World Bank uh, lending us money to run. Uh, the country needs to find uh, a way for its um, uh, economical uh, economical expansion, basically, uh, in terms of exporting and in terms of uh, producing goods to be consumed inside the market, in, in the Lebanese market, instead of importing everything we do consume. Um, so by implementing some of these laws in the agri agricultural sector and uh, in the industrial sector, uh, and I'll give examples. For example, in the, in the agricultural sector, we do have um, the Bikaa Valley is a huge uh, part, uh, a huge uh, area of the country. Basically, is a very fertile valley that's been used for agriculture since the Romans' uh, rule. Basically, uh, th this fertile uh, land is being uh, kind of wasted by um, by not planning anything in the agricultural sector so everyone plants whatever they want there's no incentive for certain uh, plantations that would benefit the economy or the society uh, for example we uh, we we do, we do plant uh, a lot of tomatoes for example and uh, in, in the same year where we where we've had uh, a big crop of tomatoes and uh, the prices will definitely go down when you have uh, an abundance in production. Uh, the prices will go down and no one will buy the tomatoes, they'll rot, the farmers will throw them in the streets in protest. And the same year we'll be importing ketchup, for example, for a huge amount of money. And uh, that's uh, just ridiculous in terms of planning, like uh, you could have used these tomatoes. And that's a very small uh, uh, example, but it also applies to, uh, to everything else in the agricultural sector. Uh, um, so, uh, so that's also part of how we should uh, be dealing with the, with the issue. Uh, and uh, I think that's, uh, that's it. Uh, that's what comes to my mind right now. Yeah, the next thing I'm, I'm interested in talking about is in your proposal for the solution, you talk about, in addition, changing the foreign policy of Lebanon as well as kind of a central tenant of this. And specifically, you know, this crisis is obviously because of the United States in many ways and because of the dollar. But I wonder if you can talk about first a little bit of, of the United States imperialism and how that has to be resisted and also uh, of Israeli uh, imperialism and, and Zionism as well. And, and we can perhaps relate this to the Communist Party's support for, for Palestine, for the rights of Palestinians. Um, and yeah, talk more about that. Well, so, so basically Lebanon has been under, uh, under the radar basically of American imperialism for a long time now and uh, under the influence of it as in terms of foreign policies as well. Uh, we've been puppets for the U.S. government for uh, we as a country. The, Lebanon has been a puppet uh, for for the U.S. government uh, for a long time now, and um, and the, these policies uh, have not led to anything good in the country. Uh, in terms, if 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 one just looks at the state of the country now. Uh, you can clearly see that uh, that wasn't uh, a good uh, a good 
deal basically it wasn't a good deal for the country at all um, as the defenders of that uh, line of political activity would uh, would say basically that uh, it's the best deal we can get well it's not it's it clearly isn't uh so that actually proved to be a bad uh, thing these past few years uh a catastrophic thing basically uh in how we ran the country uh but uh, also basically uh the us government and its continuous support to the to uh, to the government of uh, of of basically uh, an oppressor uh, government that is in palestine running the country and uh, and basically uh, that had that had waged war against lebanon quite a number of times and the lebanese communist party was uh, basically uh, a big part of the national resistance movement uh, since the 40s and then more in the 60s and then even more in, uh, in 82 when uh, israel invaded lebanon in, uh, in in 82 the communist party was uh, was a big part of the resistance movement against that and uh, we managed to basically liberate beirut uh, in 82 and push back uh, the israeli forces uh, to the south where they continued occupying the southern part of the country until the year 2000 uh, where basically uh, the the national resistance front but also uh, the Islamic uh, resistance uh, parties um, had uh, successfully liberated the South, basically. Um, so, uh, so that's uh, that's part of the, the the continuous involvement of the U.S. government with uh, supporting Israel uh, is also uh, something that. Uh, that had very bad uh, influences over Lebanon and the way uh, we were dealing with uh, with this issue. Uh, we have unresolved problems with uh, with the state of Israel that we do not uh, actually uh, we do not use the same the term state of Israel since we do not recognize it. But uh, but with the government of this uh, with the government of Israel basically now. Uh, we have unresolved matters in terms of the the borders uh, and the maritime borders in particular where there are uh, some uh, fuel and gas in the sea that Lebanon has still uh, not exploited or not uh, started to use them basically uh, but Israel has been doing that since uh, a few years now uh, and there are some uh, some basins basically fuel and gas uh, basins mostly gas that are uh, in between the two the borders basically and they are disputed uh, clearly the americans are on the israeli side in that dispute and that will also lead to us losing more and more resources to uh, to israel uh, so uh, that uh, that basically is kind of the situation on that uh, in, in on that subject yeah, and I, I wonder if you can also talk a little bit about Palestinians in, in exile, uh, refugees in, in Lebanon, kind of their conditions and, and how the party um, collaborates with, with Palestinians in Lebanon. Sure, so basically, um, uh, and we've, we've had uh, Palestinian refugees in Lebanon since uh, 1948. Uh, uh, and um, they they live in um, in camps basically that are now transformed into uh, some kind of 
small uh, cities or urban areas around major cities in Lebanon, like in Saida or in Beirut and Tripoli uh, and uh, in, in quite a lot of places. Uh, the Palestinian community in the country has been um, has been basically an active uh, player in the economy and in the workforce of the country. And uh, the the Lebanese Communist Party uh, has been uh, has been working with a lot of Palestinian political organizations and uh, associations uh, in partnership with them on um, on on basically some political and some social uh, issues regarding the state of the Palestinians and in, uh, in, in the. In the the state of the Palestinian camps, refugee camps, basically, and uh, we uh, and providing support for these people uh, since the 40s and uh, onwards, um, and uh, that basically kind of is the relationship with the with the Palestinians uh, in Lebanon. Uh, they their state of uh, living, the state of these ref refugees camps. Uh, are basically disastrous. Uh, the Lebanese government has also been uh, not uh, not taking part in any way uh, to develop uh, these uh, these refugee camps, who are still camps up until now, and that's uh, actually uh, ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous because it uh, it it means that uh, approximately a, a, a million people are living in very bad conditions that are basically un. Uh, outside of the of, of yeah, kind of outside of the country in some way uh, because they do when you enter when you enter the camp you'll have to pass by a security checkpoint and then they'll ask you where you're going to what what do you have to do inside and then and then same for people exiting the camp and they keep uh, monitoring uh, who's in there and uh, all of these basically violations of uh, the right of a society to live um, after 60 or 70 years of them being in a country, basically, uh, it's uh, we're still uh, we're still dealing with the Palestinians in Lebanon. We uh, again, the government of Lebanon has been dealing with that uh, with that subject in in very inhumane way in a lot of uh, senses, and uh, that's also something uh, that should clearly improve uh, if. Uh, if basically yeah, we managed to build a better system. Thanks so much for that. And and I guess my my last things I'm I'm curious about is where you see all of this heading. Uh, you mentioned the May elections coming up, and it's pretty clear that the Lebanese political system as a whole is is thoroughly corrupt. The current prime minister is a billionaire, and this is the political class of comprised mainly of of the bourgeoisie. Yeah. I wonder you know, in the in the short run, you also mentioned that the crisis hasn't even hit its bottom yet. And it, it's hard to even imagine that it could get worse than this when also some of the reports now are about about bread being becoming incredibly scarce. And there is a bread crisis on the horizon. And I, I wonder, you know, what your kind of not necessarily predictions, but kind of thoughts about potential, uh, you know, continuation or, or how deep the crisis will go, how bad could possibly get the impacts this will have on Lebanese society and and also the hope that there will be a uh, a communist program and 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 that the and that your communist party will potentially be able to play a role in averting this this deep crisis and potentially guiding the country in a different direction so I'm curious about 
what you and and the party see as kind of the future of of Lebanon at this point, the potential uh, heightening and, and and increase of of this crisis if it if it can get even worse, uh, which is unimaginable, and then you know what can be done beyond beyond just uh, this political system which is deeply corrupt and in, in hopefully you know abolishing that system and 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 really um, implementing something as you're saying that is that is radically different. So, so basically, uh, since we took the streets uh, in 2019 and even before that, uh, the, 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 the party has been campaigning in every uh, form to, uh, to be able to build a coalition of, uh, of uh, op opposition forces, basically, and political groups and individuals uh, in order to, uh, to be able to push, uh, to push towards an active change. In the in the way that uh, this country is being governed, um, by the decision of participating in the election wasn't an easy one since we are clearly against the electoral system itself. But when we decided to run, uh, it's it's part of the ongoing protests in some way. It's not uh, it's not basically to win the parliament. We do know that the uh, any. Uh, even if the opposition in the country represents more than half the people in it or uh, the majority of the people in it, they won't get represented according to that number in this next uh, parliament. But we are using the elections as a, as, a, as a way of protesting and campaigning and spreading the political message since a lot of people will be actually paying attention to politics in ele electoral uh, periods, basically, in the, in the times of elections, basically. So, uh, so participating in the election is not just about getting members into the parliament who can raise the voice inside the, the system, but it's also about uh, building this coalition of uh, opposition uh, forces uh, and uh, political groups in the country. And um, when we took the streets in 2019, we actually uh, broke with every element and aspect of this political uh, system. So you mentioned that our prime minister is a billionaire and it's not just a billionaire, it's basically he's the, he's the richest uh, guy in Lebanon. So basically that, uh, that uh, he and his brother basically, so the two of them are, are more, more than double the next in line in terms of how much money they do have. Uh, so basically the richest guy in, the, in a country that's uh, collapsing is running the country and you can imagine where that would lead us to uh, and that, that that's not he, he's not the first billionaire to run the country also the Hariri family uh, who are also billionaires were basically part uh, parts in or leaders of the government uh, for a long time in the country and uh, a, a bunch of the political elite in Lebanon are actually billionaires even that's declared or not so basically, uh, some people have money hidden in a lot of uh, places and ways, basically owning real estate and companies, not in their name, but in some of the, their followers or basically some of their people's name. Uh, so we do have uh, a lot of uh, billionaires running the country. And uh, that's clearly not in the interest of the people now because we know how the capitalistic system works basically the capitalist system uh, is not about uh, spreading uh, okay so uh, 
I lost the sentence in English, sorry about that. But basically, we do know how the capitalist system works. It's not about uh, helping the people. It's about um, getting more money for the, for the ruling uh, class in Lebanon in particular. But in the broader term of uh, capitalism, it's about uh, making profit. And uh, the gains will only be... Uh, for the people who are investing this money. So basically, we cannot expect a bunch of billionaires to be running a country towards social justice. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I'm, I was trying to, uh, to say. Uh, so, so yeah, and the Lebanese uh, system is now, uh, it's not just about that. We, could, we have another complication, the sectarianism and sectarian forces who are running whole areas. Uh, and in, 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 in that, for example, uh, we, you have, uh, I'll state some of the political powers in Lebanon, so the Free Patriotic Movement, the Lebanese forces, who are basically mostly the representatives of the Christians uh, in, in the country. We have what is called the Progressive Socialist Party that doesn't have to do anything with neither progress nor socialism, which is basically a Druze political uh, feudal uh, party uh, run by, uh, by the Jumblat family who's been in... Uh, running the, this part of society basically since a long time. Uh, we have Hezbollah and, uh, and the Amal movement uh, within the Shia community basically also, uh, also representing uh, or claiming to represent the Shias of the country as any other political forces claiming to represent their, uh, their sect. Uh, and all of these groups basically are even if they seem to be uh, opposing each other in, in, in governments and in the parliament and in the streets sometimes where they uh, where, where they do like basically violence um, vi violent ways of protesting clashes and sectarian clashes like we saw a couple of months ago in Tayune where uh, basically people from uh, uh, from the Amal movement and uh, maybe some of Hezbollah and the people from the Lebanese forces, which is a Christian, uh, a Christian political uh, party, uh, where they clashed in the streets and there were a number of deaths and uh, injured people in Beirut uh, due to that. And that's uh, the, the, these these kinds of clashes are the way that the system uh, basically uh, stops or halts any kind of. Uh, of uh, protests and the mass uh, mass popular movements in the country where they'll tell you it's not the time now to deal with the economy we have we have a security issue we have uh, high tension in between the sects and uh, and what so so uh, basically that too has been the discourse of the Lebanese government since a long time now where every now and then they will create some kind of uh, a clash to uh, to distract everyone uh, from the actual problem and uh, so we do have a problem with all of these forces and we are running against all of them in uh, in different parts of the country so uh, basically um, the party is running in uh, in the south uh, in the three uh, parts of yeah, in south one south two and south three which are the electoral districts basically in lebanon we have uh, either uh, lists that we support or uh, lists that we've uh, helped uh, achieve and create basically so some party candidates and other places where we have uh, just uh, some lists that we do support um, we've, we're also running in Mount Lebanon, uh, we're also running in the north and in the Bekaa. So basically in uh, all of the 
in all of the electoral districts uh, in, 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 for the next elections we are uh, running um, in, a, in a way or another. Uh, and we hope to achieve uh, a progress in the number of uh, supporters and uh, the people who actually carry the program that we have uh, written and uh, the other the programs that we have developed alongside uh, allies and uh, partners um, in the opposition groups and coalitions that we've created across the country. Uh, we uh, we hope that the we hope that we can manage to represent. Um, a part of this population in the next parliament in a way that will help us raise the voice from inside somehow uh, but uh, if we don't we will not basically take it as a um, uh, as it, it won't be the end of our uh, basically agenda uh, we will be taking the streets uh, to uh, to protest uh, and we've we've never stopped uh, we will be uh, also trying to gather more people around uh, our political uh, program. Uh, we will be working on uh, on expanding these uh, opposition coalition groups uh, by participating in political discussions and uh, and uh, negotiating uh, programs and uh, in a way where in a way uh, that leads that will hopefully lead to us creating a major coalition that will be able to turn uh, turn the table upside, upside down in the country actually in uh, maybe in a few uh, months or years to come basically. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciated learning a little bit more about the crisis and, and also just hearing your perspective like personally about how it's, in, it's impacted you personally and, and you know everybody else living in Lebanon. And, uh, you know, this will be put up and, and hopefully generate more international coverage and support for the election campaigns for the Communist Party. Um, and I'll definitely continue following the situation because it is, you know, as we're talking about it, it is unfolding and not enough people outside of Lebanon are really paying clear attention to the, the incredible crisis that's unfolding right now. So, yeah, thank you again. And, um, and I, I wonder if you have any, any, recommendations of things that people should read or or follow more to learn more about what's going on and and increase their understanding of of what's happening well uh, the, the, there are some publications by the party that uh, that we can i can send you some of the links if you want to include them with the video uh, later on uh, i'll send you a bunch of uh, links basically and uh, articles that would be um, uh, interesting for the international community to be uh, reading and uh, learning a bit about uh, uh, the crisis and how it uh, how it's unfolding basically in the country and uh, thank you uh, very much joseph for this interview uh, i hope that i've managed to answer some of your questions uh, in this short amount of times uh, since the the situation in lebanon actually really requires uh, a lot of uh, explanation and discussion because our system is very entangled in a way uh, so uh, thank you Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and thank you so much for, for, you know, as you said, this incredibly complicated situation. Um, I'll include the links uh, to help explain that better, but I think you did a great job of explaining it um, so people can get kind of a first introductory glance of it, but should, you know, read more and learn more about it to comprehend it. So thank you so much. And 
you know, the best of luck to the party and, and I hope to stay in touch and, and follow as you guys Thank continue. You, definitely. Definitely. Thank Thanks you. so much. Bye. Take care.